You're listening to the New Gen Sermon Podcast. Fantastic. So good to just see some new guys preaching and just give, give people a go at it. Eh? Uh, next up is Joe. So come on up, Joe. Give him a round of applause. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, it is really an honor um, because um, I'm reminded of this journey that we had in late 2019. We walked, uh, we were sort of searching for a local church. So we had heard Russ uh, a few years prior to that. So we looked up, Google does an amazing job of providing you right answers at certain times in your life. But uh, I remember driving into Baden-Powell and there were these banners uh, knowing Jesus and making him known. So I just sort of want to use that um, and also about conversations that Jesus had while he was here on earth. Um, I believe conversations that Jesus had are quite powerful because it was those one-on-one moments that he had where he really shared his heart, you know. Uh, it was, it was uh, in present-day lingo, it was totally unplugged. It is just the real deal, you know, and that's, that's what it was. He was sharing his heart. So one of those conversations is with a man named Nicodemus. Um, we all know the story, John 3, and this amazing verse, which you can all quote and, and recite together at the end. But there is this conversation that happens where Nicodemus comes to him as a seeker. You know, he's saying, uh, Master, you can, surely you must be sent from God. Notice his choice of words. And Jesus is sort of coming at it from a very spiritual dimension by saying, uh, he is the son of God. So I just want to use three verses from, uh, from John 3, uh, and not directly, I'll not use John 3.16, but I just want to use the verses all the way from 13 through to 15. So that's John 3. Verses 13 through to 15. Um, I will, I'm a little old fashioned, so I tend to use the King James. Excuse me for that. <laughs> there. So, John 3, verses 13 onwards. And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Verse 14, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And verse 15 says that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So you see, uh, like I said, the background here is Nicodemus searching for answers, trying to validate everything that's in his mind. And he approaches Jesus saying that you're an amazing teacher. But Jesus is saying... I am the son of man that came down from heaven. So I just want to ask three questions here. So verse 13 is the who, and verse 14 is the how, and verse 15 is the the what. So in the who of this conversation, Jesus comes across as saying that I'm here on a mission. I'm here with a specific purpose, you know, something that encourages me a lot about God is God is pretty deliberate about what he desires to do. And here Jesus is saying, I represent God. 
I am his representative here on earth. I talk about the things in heaven, you know. That's what confounds people throughout, jo uh, throughout the gospel of John. And even now, the moment we say, Jesus, great man, great teaching, heal, you know, he's a prophet doing all of that. But the moment you say that he is the son of God, it really confounds, it really sort of challenges people in their thinking. And even for us now, even for us as Christians who, who follow him, the fact that Jesus, the Son of Man, came down into this earth, made us and died for us, and then when he rose up, he, he made us co-heirs with him. That's what Paul says. And so suddenly the dynamic is very different. It's no longer about the Jesus that died on the cross, a very abstract thing. It's very real and personal for us now. And it's something that we cannot contain really. What challenged some people in, in John 14, uh, when Jesus was talking to the, to the general public, uh, he had two of his disciples come up to him. One was Thomas and says, um, you know, we don't know the way when you talk about God, you, you know, we don't know the way to God. But then he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You know, I had it uh, uh, once expanded where someone said, I am the way because I know the way to the Father. You follow me, you will be able to go to the Father. I am the truth because I was with the Father. I represent the truth. I am the truth. And then he goes on to say, I am life because I have given up my life and the life that I now I'm able to bring you into. And that's what Paul says, you know, the life that we now live is because of Christ Jesus. It's not our own. So that's one. And the second is, again, in John 14, he says, um, uh, Philip comes up to him and says, you know what? Forget all of this. Just, just tell us how to find God, and that should be all that more than enough for us. But again, Jesus stops them and says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you have... If, if you at least at the very minimum believe in the works that I've done, and that should suffice to show you that I represent the Father. So first question is who Christ was here as a representative here on earth. Um, I also tend to read the Amplified a fair bit, and it stops me from skimming. Because the moment you know who's the author, the moment you know which chapter and what is the starting and the beginning of a verse, you tend to skim a lot. So verse 13 says, And yet no one has ever gone up to heaven, but there is one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man himself, who dwells and has his, has his home in heaven. And verse 14 goes up to say, and just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert on a pole, so must, so it is necessary that the Son of Man be lifted up on the cross. And that's the how I this, that I just really want to challenge you this morning with. Um, it is, God was fairly deliberate once again about what he intended to do with Jesus Christ. You know, it's, it's a quite a radical thing that he did where he had him come here on earth, born of a virgin, um, spent his life here on earth because he intended for that same sinless son to die for the cross. Um, what challenges me so much about it is the fact that um, it, was, it was not random. 
it was fairly deliberate. He wanted to, uh, he, want, he had a specific purpose and that was what was foretold through, the, uh, through prophecies and everything. And that's what Romans 8 says, you know, that, and I want to really read this because it sort of shows the heart of God. So Romans 8, and I'm going to read from verse um, 29 and 30. And before I read it, um, a lot of us at work nowadays, you know, they sort of tend to make things a process for you, you know. You, you do this, and then you do this, and then when you do this, you may either have to make go this way or you go this way. With God, there was a far more divine intent and purpose. He says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among brethren. And verse 30, he says, Moreover, whom he predestinated, them he also called, and, them he call, and, he, and whom he called, he also justified, and whom he justified, he also glorified. A lot of words here, but you understand, this is where Jesus says, you have walked over from death to life. No other way, except through the cross. And that's what Jesus wants to share with Nicodemus, that yes, you come to me thinking that I'm a teacher, but this is my purpose here on earth, that I'm going to die on the cross. And as the serpent was raised up back in the day during Moses' time, I will be raised up on the, I will be put on the cross for the remission of sins. And again, it's, it's churning in, in Nicodemus' mind, you know. He knows, he knows partially, but he's not able to see clearly. And then he goes on into verse 15. Uh, and this is where I want to ask the question, what? In order that everyone who believes in him, who cleaves to him, who trusts in him, and who relies on, relies on him, may not perish, but have eternal life and actually live forever. It is the fact that we can have eternal life, but it's not just for an eternity, you know, that, that we've done our bit and that's it. We've got this amazing fire insurance and that's it. You know, it's all for the heaven. No, it is for a life that we can live here on earth as representatives and, and children of God. You know, Paul challenges us, uh, the, the, the church in Ephesians saying that you have been called for good works that God had ordained prior. And that's what this is for. So um, the, the what is really not just the fact that we stand as beneficiaries to eternal life. The what is really the fact that we can now live the life that Christ had intended for us here on this earth. It is no longer for ourselves. So suddenly it now makes sense that God would send his son to die on the cross because he loved us so much die on the cross that and all we have to do is believe it is our response to an eternal act that Christ fulfilled our response is believe that we now live not for ourselves anymore the dynamic has changed we are not now looking for what is beneficial to us but we are saying here Lord we stand for you so I want to encourage you this um, morning in, in what Jesus is wanting to share through Nicodemus uh, in the fact that 
it is now no longer us, but that Christ who lives through us, as Paul says. And now it sort of makes sense when he goes into verse 16, the, the verse that we all learn that uh, we just can uh, go through it in our sleep, perhaps even, you know, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have an eternal life. But there's more to it, really. And I just want to, in closing, I just want to read the Amplified. It says, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world. We are just the object. The subject is God. That he gave up his only begotten and unique son. Just one of a kind. So that whoever believes... And it's not just a passive acceptance or an intellectual ascent. It's trusting in, clinging to, relying on him. Shall not perish. We are, we are made free, made whole, healed, restored. Shall not perish, but have eternal, everlasting life. So, in closing, this is what I want to leave with you. That there is a Christ who came into this earth with a specific mission. And he died on the cross. This we know. But the what is that the life that we now live is not just for our own. You know, as, as Russ and the leaders encourage us quite often, that's what we are here to proclaim for. So I leave that with you this morning. Thank you. Wonderful, mate. Just hang around and play with us. Yeah. Fantastic, eh? Let's just get Joe just to pray over us and then we'll just spend a bit of time just responding to the Lord. Father, thank you for your word that encourages us. Thank you for your word that sets us free. And thank you for the word that's manifested through Jesus Christ that we now have a representation. And thank you, O Lord, for now we stand along with Christ and now we, we don't live for our own, for our own intent and purpose, but rather we live our lives in absolute surrender for you. And in it, Lord, here we are, to be that manifest children of God in the world around us, in our communities, in our homes, in our workplaces, schools, wherever it may be. And also, Lord, that as a local community, that we continue to know you deeper and make you known in Jesus' name.